Welcome to Spilling with G. This season, I'm joined by my best Judy Chris to serve, drink, and spill the tea on the best and my favourite TV show in the whole wide world, Ripple's Drag Race, the All-Star 7 edition. Hello, Spillers. It is season 7 of All-Star's Yes, I got that right. Episode four. Um, I'm joined, obviously, by my lovely Judy Chris, as I am for this season. Uh, Chris, you want to say hello to everyone? Hello, everyone. I hope you're all well rested after a joyous long weekend. Yes. Celebrating the queens of All Star 7. The queens <laughs> of All Star 7. A bit of AMSMR, whatever it's called. My dyslexia does not allow for that to come out as one thing. Um, there you go. That probably also sounded really horrible in all your age. I'm so apologies for that. We are talking about episode four, which is fairy tale justice. Before we jump in, Chris, overall thoughts, feelings about the episode? I mean, there were elements of it that were a bit like a fever dream. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the whole concept of it, and. The, you know, the sillier it got, the funnier it got. So I was here for it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it was one of those ones. I don't think it's going to be one of those episodes that I'm like, oh, do you remember this thing? And then that thing happened. And then this thing happened. But I enjoyed it. And actually, it was kind of a bit of a slowdown in comparison to the momentum that the rest of the season had been having. So I wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't angry about it. Yeah. I think it was probably the first time we had almost... Although it's all been, we've had Snatch Game, we've had The Ball, which is all very formulaic. This was almost too close to like Jersey Justice. Yes. Maybe that's what it is, you know, that we'd seen it before kind of thing. Yeah, I think for me it was, I think in any other season, this would have felt like a strong episode. But with an episode of Strong Queens, it didn't feel strong. Absolutely. But I have to say, did you notice they referred to those who had been blocked as the plunge club this week that's because and it made that me is, think of you that is because that is <laughs> the appropriate terminology for this Absolutely. plunger to be plunged and part of the plunge club so there mm. we go so jumping in so Jada wins a lip sync against Trinity, which absolutely, as we've discussed, was the right decision. Um, And Jinx walks in with the power of the plunger and she says, oh, yeah, I know what the other girl's talking about. Again, it's this playing along, having fun that we all like watching. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I like her entrance when she was like, well, itty, well, itty, well, itty. Yeah. I just thought, why not make up a word? Love your life. (laughs) Absolutely. And it's it's just also fun. Again, it's like, there's no nastiness, which I think is going think to start to change from how we, from the end of this episode, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um. So Jada, new day in the workroom. Jada kind of puts herself in the shit and says about the idea of, oh, everyone, oh, everyone. that's got a badge has been blocked, and then everyone's like, and then she points at Mane or whatever. It's this kind of deflection targeting, and then everyone's like, and you, <laughs> and it's this kind the of funny thing about that. The funny thing about that one was, I actually don't even think it, she registered it when no. she was saying it, and it wasn't until Trinity was like, "Wait, you've got you've got one too," and she was like, "Oh, but mine was just from yesterday. Like yeah. that's completely different." <laughs> I think I think as well. Like I think one of the themes you're going to kind of when you re-watch the season once you've seen all of it is going to be kind of the innocence of of Jada Essence Hall I think that's going to kind of be this overarching theme that's kind of intrinsically stitched between each episode this kind of innocence this kind of um little sister energy that she kind of has and I really really enjoy seeing that because I don't think in her season that she was she was that voice in the room no and I also think that she is for me, the queen of the malapropism. She loves, loves, loves saying the wrong word at the wrong time or yeah. in the wrong context or just mispronouncing something. And I, I just think that's so funny when she was like, yeah, I feel really um, vindicated. <laughs> and they were like, you mean validated? And she was like, valedictorianated. And I just thought, you know, she's going to lean into that We all have that one friend or member of the family who always uses the wrong word in the the wrong context or mispronounces something. And it always becomes, for me, it's such a term of endearment. Um, Like it's 
they're when it's so unapologetic it's like well I don't know the bloody word I've just said yeah. that and I just love that so much so I feel as though we're going to see a lot of that from Jada this season too yeah 100 percent. this episode <laughs> we go into so we find out it's a improv challenge um fairy tale justice with Michelle Visage as the judge as she was in Jersey Justice and we go into two teams so the two teams are Jada, Jinx, Monet and Evie and the second is Trinity, Shay, Viv and Raja. Mm. I am shocked that Raja was picked last. So I guess the thing is because she didn't have an improv challenge in season three. Yes, they did the intergalactic prepare to die. That yeah. one, you know, but that was scripted and that's very different. So I think that they, what they did was they approached it from a point of view of let me go to the improv queens really quickly. And unfortunately that left Raja and Evie last. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm I'm not sure if I was in that situation, I would have said automatically Raja. But you know, as as we'll soon chat about, she she proved them all wrong. I'd say yes. I think for me, I would go who was good in Snatch Game because I think Snatch Game is the epitome of of improv, and it's That's why, such a good point. And it's like I I um I studying theatre at university when I ever did act, which was never ever. Improv was actually something that I really enjoyed because it was this idea of the the unknowing and particularly as a dyslexic, I wasn't then relying on a script in my hand and trying to read it at the same time and doing all of that. Mm -hmm. So I loved improv Mm -hmm. because actually I think that improv can be really, um, particularly in uh, comical theatre and comical scripting, there's far more energy in it, I think, sometimes than than a script can can do. Again, I am not the actress in my friendship group. That is not my role. But well, I, I, I guess there's just, it. yeah, I guess there's just like you have to be on the whole time. There's so yes. much more of an alertness. Whereas I know that you know what what scripted with live theatre again, there's an alertness, and you kind of there's there'll be certain vibes off of different audiences on different days, but more or less it's very formulaic whereas with improv who knows what's going to happen yeah Um, but that's it I didn't even really think of it the way you've put it in terms of she excelled in a snatch game so that would have been a reason to to get her on on side and and I completely agree with you but I just feel as though with jinxes with shays with monies and and in the room they're they're automatically going to be picked first yeah before you know anyone else and I just think that it was she took it and just she was like you bitches you know I can't believe you've done this to me but she knew you know someone's always got to be picked last right yeah yeah exactly um so the first group their kind of stimuli is uh blow how uh blow the house down boots which is a adaptation of the big bad wolf Mm -hmm. and the second group is Although they didn't have any fun title for us, it was just she already done had hers. There was yeah. absolutely nothing fun about it. It was like somebody was just like, can't be bothered to do anymore. I'd, I've already thought mm. of my first punny one. Shit, I need something for a second. There was nothing there. I mean, yeah. So I guess the she already had done had hers was the she'd already had her porridge, right? But right was. Definitely they could have went a bit more, more in. I didn't even realise until I was watching it until it was like, oh, it's the three bit. Oh, she already had had hers. I'm, I mean, I'm never going to get that right, so I'm not even going to try. But it, it's about the porridge, right? I'm guessing. I mean, that's, I've, that's only now clicked in my brain now you said um, it. So that would make sense. See, this is why you're on here. You make it all like actually quite clever, um, which is the adaptation of Goldilocks. So there we go. So they're the two groups. Um, on the fly, which which group would you prefer to be in? Um, I would want to be in Jenks's group. Okay, interesting. I would actually prefer to be in um, Trinity's group. So that's interesting that we mm. both thought differently. Um, I felt that the characters were quite predictable in the first 
one without the without seeing how the girls played them if you'd read them out i think those characters are more predictable than the characters in the wolf in the not wolf in the goldilocks mm. if that makes sense you thought that the characters were a bit more predictable and the pegs yes yes, yes. yeah um, no, I, I I think so too. But I thought what I found particularly odd was the fact that it was you know the story of the three bears, but there was only Mama Bear there. Yeah. Like it was Mama Bear, and then Goldilocks's grandmother, aka Iris Apfel, and then <laughs> and then the, a witch. Like that to me was weird. I was almost expecting the three bears and Goldilocks. Yeah. But now, what yeah. I really liked. What I really liked about what the what Jinx, Jada and Monet did with the pigs was creating this sort of like, you know, Alexis Rose Kardashian yeah. influencer vibe that they that they all had. I thought that was hysterical the way they, they the way they kind of bought into that. Yeah, they kind of modernized it. I think for me, the second group rem- reminded me of Shrek. Yes. Yeah, yeah, if that makes sense, that felt very Shrek energy. All the fairy tales all at once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and the first group felt like a modern adaptation of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I totally see it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so let's let's go in. So Viv on her, like we're saying in her talking head, so she didn't have an improv season, an uh, um, improv challenge in the UK, which. I was going back and I was like, oh, yeah, there were no improv challenges mm. in that season, which was really strange. Um, but kind of explains about this idea about doing different accents and kind of picking out from different parts, which I was really excited for. Um, yeah. And I really liked that she said about this idea of many identities inside me. I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> yeah. And I also thought we knew we knew she was going to be good regardless of whether she had an improv challenge in season one or not. She did really well in the Downton Draggy. She yeah. did really well in, you know, in obviously Snatch Game, which you have rightfully said is such an improv challenge, but also just like her one-liners, like who put 50p in Cheryl, like that is so iconic. Yeah. Um, So we know she's capable of it. Michelle Visage's look, I thought this was quite fun, I must admit. admit I thought it was thought very like... It. Yeah, I thought it was Pat Beach, uh, Pat Butcher meets Maleficent. Mala- yeah, I was. It was like the um, Fran Drescher from the Nanny meets Maleficent for me, and I just thought that was brilliant. It it kind of harkened back to the Jersey Justice Judge. Yeah, um, and obviously Michelle being a Jersey native herself, it really it really made sense. But I I really loved it, and I loved the fact that uh, the the detail of like the grey streak through the running round wig I thought that was great yeah I just feel like um what's her face thingy Guinness Daphne Guinness Daphne Guinness like Guinness is like having like obviously I know Michelle has this kind of in the front look but I feel like she's being referenced back to and back again like it's quite iconic which is quite cool um she's one of those people who like to to kind of use a similar example of like see if you think of a Shakespearean line like I always think about um, Pound of Flesh and Merchant of Venice, right? Yeah. I always remember when I was studying at, um, in high school and my teacher said, oh, Pound of Flesh, that's something that we say even to this day. People say, oh, he's out for his Pound of Flesh. And I remember thinking, oh, no, no one says that. Like, don't be so ridiculous. And then literally on that evening at home, my mum was watching Emmerdale and a character in Emmerdale was like, he's out for his pound of flesh. And I think similarly, Daphne yeah. Guinness's style is so ingrained into pop culture that there, there, there would have been previous references that you would have seen, but because she's not at the forefront of your, wasn't at the forefront of your mind, you wouldn't have put those two together. But I think now yeah. that she's been on the show, we're able to kind of connect the dots a little bit and go, oh my God, how much was like, Raja's CP, um, C3PO look yep. that she did in season three, totally Daphne Guinness. 100%. How much is a lot of Aquarius looks, super Daphne Guinness. So, yep. you know, like there's just, there, there's reference there for sure. Yeah, I think, I think it's quite cool. I think it's this kind of, again, it's like that kind of younger generation who are watching it. It's this reference point, which I think is really important. And 
yeah i think totally it's an education yeah 100 percent. like these little like like teenage kids kind of finding themselves and finding themselves through a show which i think is really cool first group i've just done kind of like a brief i must admit i've done like a brief kind of overview of each person's performance that's kind of how i've right. done it so cool. um, um Evie's um I really loved her mannerisms so it was the leg shaking while scratching the ear it was the um bending down and smelling herself and like cleaning herself and all of that like it's the mannerisms it's that kind of um metamorphosis version I feel like I'm literally being like this theatre student that's kind of like coming out and being like that time when I did metamorphosis um (laughs) but yeah it's that um Lecoq is what it's actually called it's who's the practitioner who does shit about animals Lecoq there you go but they go uh yeah stuff basically very wolfy all the mannerisms I thought that was really fun yeah and I think the physicality of her performance really like made the fact that like her howl wasn't really that great and yeah that her her back and forth wasn't spot on the physicality was was so brilliant and she really like sort of leaned into her capabilities as a as like a contortionist really yeah I thought that was really fun Monet I've just all I've written is safe interesting I loved the way Monet what money does really well and she actually did it in jersey justice and maybe that's why you say say safe that late that late entrance towards the end of the piece and she arrives she does that so brilliantly yes like she is able to really command command a room when she enters and i thought that was cool um but apart from that i don't really remember much of it no. So yes, maybe safe as the word, you know. I think for me it was well, it was the going to the slap humor. I I, I sounds silly, not like not slapstick, but actually slapping someone. Oh that no, yeah, is, yeah. It's such a trope in like obviously I know they reference to it and they joke about it in drag race, but it is a shit, I don't actually know what to say. I'm gonna slap you and I'm gonna put my hand up and that gives you a cue to know to move do, do you know what I mean it felt to me very yeah, very yeah. safe uh-huh totally um Jada I've just put how are you so beautiful as a pig <laughs> <laughs> like there are no words she looked absolutely flawless like how does she do it how does she do it? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know how you can look that good as a pig. Mm. I liked when she was clearly laughing, like like properly laughing what, at Jink, what Jinx was doing. She incorporated snorts. She, I thought she really embodied that sort of reaction. So although her character was a bit quieter, and a bit more of a support to Jinx's character. I thought she did it really, really well. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, I think, I think the the last but not least, I put. So I've put like it's obviously Jinx. Um, and so it's funny because obviously I've now watched it twice. So the first time I watched it, apart from the ear dropping moment, I didn't know why she was in the she was in the top two. I'm just going to be completely honest. I thought she was funny, Uh uh but I didn't know if I was like, I don't think you're a top two in comparison to other people. It was only them watching it the second time. I went, oh, actually, you were consistently good throughout the whole piece. It was that ping pong. It was you were setting up for other people. You were doing the yes and. And Uh then that bit at the end. I mean, the bit at the end where her ear falls off and she's like, sorry, you're going to have to speak up was hilarious. As well. Yeah. But I think, I think actually from the get-go, Jinx was just like up here. So like when she, when she arrived and the door behind her didn't close properly. So she turned around and made it part of it and it still didn't close properly. She did it three times and some some people would have just walked off and left it, but she incorporated it into the character, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, like you said, her sort of back and forth with the others was brilliant. Her little interjections, like when, you know, um, 
the big bad wolf mentions that someone's a hoe and she yeah. says actually we call them sex workers nowadays and all these bits I just thought were really 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 brilliant the sort of um you know it was a shit house no literally it was made of shit you know yeah. like all these little bits that were so well thought through to the point where and you know I think the judges actually said it to, at the end it felt so polished and rehearsed um considering it was improv it was yeah. just brilliant yeah and I, I think yeah I don't think I appreciated it until the second because I didn't I don't think I had as many out laugh moments at, at Jinx in this in the first time I watched it and it was only the second time mm. I was like oh okay actually that is clever like that shit the nuances are there and yet you have to appreciate the nuances in it if that makes yeah. sense and also I think that for someone like Jinx she could have very easily steamrolled the group 100%. To, to be like an absolute like standout but the fact that she played it to the same level as the other three to let them shine yeah, as much as they did, is also a you know a sign of a true performer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Second group. Mm-hmm. I found I've just put. I'm finding Shay a bit boring, and I know that that character's <sighs> meant mean, to be the Karen. She looked beautiful. Yeah. She looked she so beautiful, cute. so beautiful. Like, do you know what I think's funny? If this had been a normal season, I think the bottom two would have been Shay and Monet. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, yeah, she was beautiful. For me, Shay, like, and you, yeah, that was it. For me, Shay, you've seen, you've seen, you well, you've heard what I've had to say about her the last couple of weeks. I'm so obsessed with her, but yeah, this week it wasn't great. No, it wasn't great. No, I appreciate the whole. I'm a black bear. Like, I can't call animal control. Like that having was, that nod. That really made me laugh. Yeah, like having that nod to the life, unfortunately, that we live in, like, and all of that. Like, I was like, "That's clever," but I didn't, I didn't get on board with Shay this in this, in this thing. What is it called? The courtroom. I didn't get, didn't no, get, in, didn't get no. in, in with that. But again, I think that there's something to be said about the fact that it wasn't the three bears. Yeah, she didn't have the bounce off. From being like no. my husband, and then the husband coming in, and ju- yeah, I agree. Um, next is Raja. So I think Raja is hilarious, like absolutely hilarious. But is kind of these like it re- really reminded me, and it's not anything like it. But I don't know why it reminded me. It reminded me of in Madagascar. You know, there's the granny that kind of swings her bag and hits Alex in the face. I don't know why that was kind of the energy that I kind of got from her. Yeah, it was very, and again, the judges said this, but just to agree with them, it was very Sophia from the Golden Girls. Yeah. The, the sort of hunched over, the very sort of like cheeky, sort of maniacal somewhat expressions on her face. They're very much so direct. Like I saw it and I said, oh, that's Iris Apfel. And then to know that she actually had referenced her and, yeah. the, you know, and the inspiration um, <clears throat> was was brilliant it was just so well thought out well-rounded really well put together and really very funny yeah I thought it was really good and a bit of a middle finger up to like yes to everyone else yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent Trinity was next so I've written so I've written two things so I've put um ping-ponging with Michelle with a tick so this idea of actually getting Michelle involved in the so it gives everyone a time to think if you get Michelle involved, uh-huh. it takes heat off everyone else. Yeah, no, I, if I'm being honest, that's like the only memorable part for me. I didn't really understand. Like, I, I couldn't tell you now what the, the relevance of having her there was, apart from to, to volley with Michelle. Yeah, and I think as well, like the whole like I'm frantic and then her running around in a circle, like it's, it is, it's silly. And I think I really appreciate that. I think as they, as the judges said is that like trinity has this kind of sense of calm and just this i'm really enjoying myself and i'm really relaxed and i I, that's how i felt watching her it didn't feel like she was like shit i need to improv it didn't feel like that at all no 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 and we know she can do it yeah we know she can do it yeah 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 
Um, and then last but not least, so we have um, our our English queen, um, our UK queen, um, the one that we actually give a shit about on this uh, podcast. Um, we have... <laughs> um, we have the Vivian. So I think the accents were great. And, and the fact that she managed to change them so flippantly was fantastic. It was a real masterclass. And it was really, you know, we, on the first episode of this season where we discussed like the, who, who was going to be in it and her memory of the Queens, we both said, oh, you know, I think she's going to do, like, try her best, but she's, you know, what like, wouldn't be one of the tops. My God, yeah. was that a top performance? That, that absolutely. was brilliant. Absolutely. And in my opinion, I think across both the groups, she had the best performance this week. 100%. Yeah. 100%. She was brilliant. She was committed. Every every next step was was thought about ahead of time. The, the slip into German and then eating the strudel yeah hilarious yeah the little detail of the porridge around the around the mouth brilliant um a little bit disappointed there wasn't a Lawrence Cheney reference but you know yeah beggars can't be choosers no (laughs) and I I just like I think for me I've written like Hansel and Gretel the idea that she was like I am Hansel and Gretel oh my gosh being able to find the slip up in the improv and then rectify it and make it even funnier. Like, so mine, me and Ben, like one of our favorite things back and forth that we do, whichever is we pretend to be the three little pigs in Shrek. And again, I think that's why I have this kind of Shrek energy in this group. And it's like, he hoff and he puff and he make us sound your fiction notice is like yeah. all of those kind of um, inflections in the voice or like sausage roll, all, do you oh, know what I mean? Like brilliant. all of those things that like, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I very much had that energy. And I was I was really excited to see what the next sentence was that she was going to say. Yeah. And what I also loved about that part was that that section was every time Viv said something, Raja's character reacted in such a way that would suggest to the audience, oh, she's like this all the time. You know, like this this granddaughter yeah. of mine is such a nightmare. And I just thought that's that's brilliant as well because you're coming on here saying you know this person. So to be able to react in a way that suggests that you do know this person was just so genius. Yeah, really, really funny. Then we have the next day in the workroom. So that's the end of like, of like, fairy tale justice um so we the only thing i've kind of written down about the mirror talk was um jada saying never enough like that she never has enough time and she's got all of the powder still setting all of the black um face paint which i thought was absolutely hilarious like absolutely hilarious and again it is it's this little sister energy where she's just she's chatty in the room and it is that kind of look over there energy it is it's so fun and she comes out on this runway and she stomps and she's very kind of um confident in the way she does it and then the workroom she's this like cute little lovely like just just fun little girl do you know what I mean like this like fun fun young person just having a laugh and for the meet the queens you know she did say oh I'm really excited for like the fans and the audience to see the real me because Uh, much like much goofier and much like more silly than I was on season 12 and you know even though I thought she was super funny and super charismatic in season 12 this side of her is so endearing and to me it only makes her how elevated her drag is even more impressive yes yeah 100% so she has a she has recently launched a podcast with Heidi with Heidi so they've recently yeah. launched a podcast which is quite interesting it's quite and they're finding their feet with it and how they're kind of having that banter backwards and forwards and again it is it's this kind of thing of like I think in her season Heidi was that character I mean it is the doomed season it is the doomed season yeah. without a shadow of a doubt but like Heidi is this kind of bumbling one and actually it's quite nice to see Jada in that position 
Oh yeah, most definitely. And actually, do you know, seeing watching this season makes me want to go back and watch season twelve. Yeah, because I know you. I know what you mean about, and you. We've said it before about the sort of curse of it going into the pandemic and the finale being un- recorded from home essentially, and then obviously the she who shall not be named um, impact on on the season. But my God, is it a brilliant season? I know, I know. It's such a good season. So I think maybe we should go back and watch that when um, AS7 is over. Yes, we should, we should. Um, Can we also just say that Voldemort's Instagram has now gone back live again? Interesting. Oh, I know. Which I I was like, everyone was like... (laughs) Like, oh my God. Um, So, runway... Ready? Let's like let's Ready? do it. Let's um, do it. So, first and foremost, RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. That's yes. That's what we're talking about. RuPaul's Ru- blue dress with this glove look. So cool. Really, really enjoyed this. And the wig. Yeah. So I was cool. like Elsa's like wicked stepmother it was yeah. like amazing it was just so great yeah i really i thought it was really fun um mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. we welcome back jeffrey boy chapman um, the beautiful and talented jeffrey boyer chapman um yeah who obviously had had a bit of a downfall from canada in terms of some of the critiquing yeah. that happened um, I thought it was really interesting to bring him back for this. I think they've done it to try and portray as it's the positive season. They they were like, you come back and you're going to be really nice to everyone because it's the positive season where we don't critique anyone. Really nice. But do you know what, Gabs? I, I never got that. The, the venom and the hate that he got over Canada's, I never really got. No. Yes, he was, he, was, he was harsh. Yes, he was you know critical but like there has been worse things said from other judges on the shows and I can't help but think that there's the level you know the the queens talk about a lot of about the racism and the fandom and the fandom and I can't help but think that you know a lot of that sort of vim and and vitriolic hate that he received was because he's you know he's a black man yeah Um, certainly and I do I do think he does come across very genuine very nice yes um and this was but but I also totally agree with you from a PR perspective people would he would have been going on and his people would have been like you kiss all their asses yeah you are their all their biggest fans you absolutely love everything they do you know like they'll take a shit on the runway and you will die you know yes. like that was that was very much so quite apparent wasn't that yeah and yeah. I think I think as well like I mean he is friends with some of these drag queens like outside of drag race like he is very good friends with Bob and Monet and like all of that so I guess there is a kind of genuine oh actually I'm supporting my friend on this show situation it's he hasn't come in as kind of this judge I don't think anyone on that panel this season are judging they're not judging they're like commenting and I think that that's the difference um I completely agree with you in terms of the hate that he received I I didn't understand it there were certain comments I was a bit like well, that was a bit below the belt, but not yeah. not so much that I would go to Twitter and absolutely say, I'm going to kill you. Um, not that you should ever say that. But do you know what I mean? Like, I never understood yeah. the, response, the response that the Canadian and it was predominantly Canadian and American fan base had against it. It was a lot. There was a lot of people who said, you know, you don't have any drag knowledge. You've never done drag before, which is what a fair argument yeah. to say, like, Oh, it's not fair to say you have the same time as everyone else, Molly May. However, there's you can say that, and that can be one thing. You can say, "Oh, you shouldn't." You like I don't think you're right to say that because you don't. You've never experienced that. It's a different thing to say. I don't think you should say that because you've never experienced that, and I think you should go die. Yeah, <laughs> and that's effectively what 
people were saying and it's just ridiculous yeah like at the end of the day we're not experts and we still sit every week and have a chat about the show and have our comments and our ideas and our opinions on it i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) 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 no absolutely we and honestly like we talk about and if we critique a look i couldn't i know i could never so make create a, a, a garment like these girls do 100% no I know I could never make my face to look the way much they no. make their face I know that but equally we can still have we can still go I didn't I wasn't really feeling that I knew what they were going for but I wasn't really feeling it not I wish every curse upon them and didn't know why <laughs> they should kill themselves what no, absolutely not what a joke it's, they're putting on clothes and walking down a runway have a have a bit more fun about it like I like to think I'm a drag race expert not a drag expert and I think as long as you kind of have it in your heart of hearts of that then you can continue life as a happy person and that's the way I and I am a drag race expert take me to any pub quiz I will win that's a really good way to differentiate it and I think there's a lot of drag race experts in the fandom who would profess to be drag experts yeah but also they're just dicks yeah as well yeah that you know troll and are horrible and like you only as a as a discussion for another day but you only have to look at like the most followed queens yes like on social media and stuff like I don't I don't even think Jada's at a million followers yet on right. Instagram Jada you and know, she's a winner. She's a winner. She's a win- Not only is she a winner, I would almost understand if on a platform like Instagram, which is so image focused, I would almost understand if Jinx didn't have yes. a million followers because her craft is not the visual, the aesthetic. No. Jada is absolutely breathtakingly stunning yeah so creative so fashion and for her to not have I think she's got like 800,000 followers or something versus you know I think Trixie is the most followed and she's yeah. got close to 2 million yeah and that's 100%. no discredit not to you know no. discredit Trixie but let's look at that and you know it's, it's blaringly obvious what's going on yeah. there yeah I think anyway I digress (laughs) yeah no but like that's that's the point of this conversation and there's a reason that our spillers listen to this show it's not for us to sit and chat about dresses it's actually for us to talk about the wider pictures and I think it's you know it's pride month and I think that between both of us we always say actually you need to have these conversations and I think that majority of the drag race fandom and kind of community are part of the LGBTQIA plus community And and yeah there's a lot of talking points there and it's about bringing people up, not putting each other down. And I think that... 100%. Yeah. Let's leave it there. Let's crack on. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Vivian Westwood r- runway. Oh, no, sorry. Let's talk about spikes. If someone references Vivian Westwood, just just do the runway. Just do it. It's and then it's out the way. It's, it's, it's my Vivian Westwood fantasy. I'm giving Westwood. No, you're not. You're not giving Westwood. No. <laughs> No, you're not. Um, Spikes. So Jada comes out in this blazer look. This, I think, is my favourite of all of them. However, however, she did not paint her neck at the back. She didn't. She didn't paint. Oh, so, I didn't so they. That. So That's when so, so when she turns around, it's she's not. And like this is that's the one thing she could have got her just one of the girls just to paint that bit of her neck. Yeah, but it's it's flesh yeah. tone. So I just like literally straight away, Ben was like, she's not painting her neck. I've I'm lost from the oh illusion. My God, I, love, <laughs> I love him so much. I love him. That's so brilliant. I thought she looked like a bloody life-size Louboutin shoe. I yes. loved the fact that there was the red there and there. And the, and the fact that she was wearing Louboutin boots. Stop. That's that's clearly where my eye went while you yeah. guys were looking at her neck. I was like, <laughs> look at those red bottoms. I, do, I like a neck. I've got a thing back next. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I love the look. I was just like, that's one tiny little touch that I wish you had done. That was all. And that and that is the little that we're splitting hairs because these are the best of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've put so Jinx is next in this porcupine look. I don't actually have anything to comment on this look, to be completely honest with you. 
it was fine. I was laughing. I was, I was it's lovely, but I don't think it was it hit the mark. No. I don't think it was the brief. No. So it's about like a Ferrero Rocher, but they're not <laughs> spiky. No, they're not. Well, it depends. If you've got a nut allergy, that's gonna that's gonna seriously sort out some issues in your throat. Um <laughs> next we have Monet. So it's this Mohawk look. I really like the look. I wish you didn't wear the mask. Me too. I loved the the two suit. Um yeah. Like opposing patterns. I really enjoyed that. Um I loved the I loved the detailing around the hairline. They're like the, the like almost like the baby curls. Oh, that was really stunning. cool. Stunning. Makeup wise, flawless. I thought she looked amazing. Yeah, I just didn't get the mask. I just wish I just wish it didn't have the mask. I wish she just mm. come out on the runway and just like stomped, like really stomped and not have the mask. I didn't think the mask added. It didn't add. It didn't. Maybe if it was like a like a gas mask or something that would yeah, have been quite but cool. Those other masks, come on, people, we've got them in our like in our pockets, ready for when they they tell what us they we have to stay F- in again. F three P twos or something? No, keep it. <laughs> <laughs> I want. I went on the Lizzie line for the first time today. Um, little transgression. Went went on the Lizzie line today, which is fantastic, and they've really done the uh, the underground bit very well. And and it's aircon done the most, which is lovely. Um, but wow. I was like, can you imagine us all trying to be like? Imagine if this had opened a, like a year ago and we all had to wear masks. That was the first thing I was like. This this train's very rarely seen a mask. All the others have seen many. Very rarely. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I was thinking. Um. Anyway, back onto it. Um. So Evie Udley is this kind of praying mantis alien, feet on point look. Thierry Mugler. It was. It's my favorite look Evie Udley has ever, ever, ever done. It, it was, was cool. stunning. The way in which she moved her body. Mm. The 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 sort of rib cage corset round the spikes on the back mm-hmm. the makeup the headpiece yep the shoe it was perfection yeah i thought it was really fun i thought it was like i don't actually know how she was on point the whole time if i'm comp- i actually don't um, know how she was doing like they must have given her a chair when they were doing everybody else's critique there's no way that she would have been able to have stood there for an hour on point whilst they did critiques. There's just no way. Pardon me. I think she was um, relying a lot on the sort of Kane's style. Yeah. Scorpion leg sort of canes that she was using on her arms to sort of keep her balance. So maybe she was able to kind of move from one of them to the other so that she could kind of keep comfortable but my god she looked in- incredible yeah it was it was so and it was so different to everyone else as well i just appreciate that you know with her it's going to be something different to everyone else it was brilliant it was absolutely brilliant trinity trinity's next so that the vampire look i loved it i think it was very predictable trinity yeah. um yeah. i I liked the fact that it was she heard spikes and she thought stake in the heart and yeah. she created a whole story around it. Um, I really enjoyed that, but I think that it was very Trinity. Yes. You know? Yes. Very, very much so. I appreciated um, Rue's, I want to suck your cock. I was like, yes, go oh on, Rue. So funny. So funny. We need 60s representation of sex in the world. I was like, yes, <laughs> come on, come through. Um, Vivian was next. So this blue studded pleather look comes out, which is obviously a homage to Vivian Westwood with the hat. Oh, she's never looked better and no. she often looks incredible. So yes. that's saying something. Um, she really worked also how the hell did she walk in those shoes because this the heel didn't touch the ground so So all of her weight was on the on the ball of her foot yeah so the way that those platforms work is effectively your foot the platform is thicker in certain places to alleviate the weight so it's the exact same sort of shoes as gaga wears that has worn in the past you know those kind of like 
hoof ones. The armadillo ones. The armadillo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 the effectively the same as those where your foot, the the way that they they sort the the bit the oh my god the platform your arch yeah yeah they they fix it to kind of alleviate the weight basically. Right, but they were right, so right. cool. They were so they were, cool. The, those were some of the coolest ones I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. The version, thing is, it wouldn't surprise me if that is a Westwood because she's wearing Westwood continuous. She always has done. All like, the time. Oh, Jesus, tapping the mic, yeah, I've yeah. got really into into this. Um, she's always wearing the necklace. She's always wearing one of the badges. She's always wearing some of the clothes. So it actually yeah, wouldn't yeah. surprise me if Westwood went. I'll design you something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, the next time I see her on the tube, Alaska. Please do. Please do. <laughs> um, be like, are you? No, I almost died. <laughs> I saw her six weeks ago on the Northern Line and I almost died. And Simon said, yeah, I think she lives in Clapham. So the next time I see her, Alaska. Please do. And then get a picture and then we can put this on the podcast and say, have you yeah. listened to Spilling well with done. G? We've got some great uh, opinions. Um, yeah. So... Carrying on, Raja. So it's this kind of gold warrior, spiky look. I thought this was really beautiful, really kind of quintessential Raja. Very right. Like, again, I love the way Raja like sort of references herself. Yes. If that makes sense, like she with you know with the the gold look that she made last week it was very like she wore a lot of gold in season three with this look I thought it was very um sort of there was something it was obviously very otherworldly but there was something very sort of referential to like Hindu deities which is obviously like what um like Hindi and Buddhist deities which is obviously something that Raja does you know excel in and does really really well um I thought she looked absolutely amazing yeah I thought she was I thought she looked beautiful I thought the ponytail was really cool it was very kind of Rasha does Zelda but does it in her own fun kind of warrior Mm. princess way the ponytail was was like down yeah unreal absolutely cool and last but not least is Shay so I'm gonna outright just go straight in in that her thing that she is known for more than anything is her walk. Mm-hmm. And the way that she mm-hmm. walks on a runway, that she's had, had Naomi Campbell say how amazing her walk is. Amazing she is, yeah. And she puts herself in an outfit that she can barely shuffle in, let alone mm. do her signature. It's baffling to me. I didn't know what to think when she came on the runway. And I just think this week was just a real, like, not not a great week for Shay in any no. capacity. Um, I actually I think the harshest critique Shay's ever had on the runway was an All Stars set. Um, sorry, All Stars five, where she wore the like sort of like bug outfit. Yeah, and she got red for that, looking quite homemade and yeah. quite like crafty and not so nice and I actually didn't agree with that critique this week if that critique was placed on that look I would wholeheartedly agree I just didn't think it worked she she couldn't walk in it and she was like this waddle skirt and I was like you okay you keep telling yourself that it's a waddle skirt my love yeah like (laughs) I think more than anything for me it it just yeah like there was no spikes I there looked was, at that and saw Pixie. Yeah, it was odd. It was really, really odd. It was Didn't very no, it was very, very strange. And um, so we've kind of spoken about critiques alongside their performances anyway. So let's just go into the lip sync. So um the Viv and the Jinx gun. I was just gonna say one thing about the critiques was Rue saying to Raja. You're going to create a old. whole new fan base because everyone else is dead, dead. you know. <laughs> that was so brilliant. And again, that just harks back to that sort of the idea that these are like Rose chosen girls, right? Yeah. 
yeah, they're, they're her golden girls, 100%. I love that so much. Um, I thought that was really fun. And also, like, I love that Ruth's also taking the piss out of herself as well at oh, the same yeah. time. Oh, yeah. And um, lip sync. Viv and Jinx are obviously top two. They do their lip sync. I think it is quite a boring lip sync. But, but we have a drag race first ever. And please tell me if I'm wrong in having a queen help another queen in a lip sync. Mm. I don't think it's ever happened before. I don't think mm. anyone's ever gone over no. to someone and got a prop or been handed. to. I, I don't think that's ever happened. No. It, it, and it wouldn't have really, will it? Because often they stand at the back Behind. while it's happening, don't they? I, I... When she picked, I was like, oh, my God, she's got a glockenspiel. Like, I'm dead. Like, yeah. I just lived. And, she, I mean, Viv had won it at the very beginning of it for me, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, She commanded the presence of the, of, like, she commanded the whole stage. She flirted with Jeffrey. She did all those things. And then she picked up a bloody, well, Jada hands her a bloody glockenspiel. Hilarious. Absolutely yeah. hilarious. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this is really fun, but actually this has never been done before. So no, something a bit different, which, you know, mm. we're in however many seasons of how many other countries and we're having something that's still slightly different. So so there we go. Yeah, um, something fresh and new. But also yeah, yeah. we have this, obviously, once then Vivian wins the episode and is given the plunger to then plunge someone. She obviously, at the end, it's between Jada and my name. They've obviously set this up from the beginning of the episode, this idea of these two people with the badges and who is she going to pick. Um, and obviously it's this kind of swivel yeah, moment yeah. from Jada to Monet. If she had given that plunger to Jada after Jada's just just been like hiding this glockenspiel up her skirt, it would have been... yeah. It would have been the shadiest of shady, shady. So she was never going to pick Jada. It was Monet. She said, Jada, her nephew, take this glock and spiel for me, you're safe. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. She said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to plunge you. I'm, you're, you won't be plunged. Um, take my glock and spiel. The thing is, at that by that point, you know, five, there was what, five badge like people who had badges and th- yes. two of them who didn't have it. So it had to be one or the other. And in my opinion, it made sense for it to go to, to Monet. 100%. And it, there was there was a funny moment in, in Untucked. I don't know if you saw it where Monet was like, no, 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 I'm not, not me, Miss Congeniality. No, no, no. Yeah. And Rachel went, do you think you're just going to glide through this competition? Like completely unscathed by the, the plunger. Um and she was like, yeah. <laughs> so, but I did. I I just think money takes it all pinch of salt. Really sees the fun in it and yes. really goes for it. So, you know, she tweeted, "I would have expected this from one of those American bitches, but not my British sister." <laughs> I'm so heartbroken and disgusted. And I literally like this is before I'd watched the episode, so I was literally like. Oh my god! What's the has the Vivian said something? Have they fallen out? Did it, and it turned out to be that. And I yeah. just thought that's so brilliant. You know, she's like totally poking fun at the whole thing. Oh yeah, like a hundred percent. I think I think there is a little bit of anger in her that we haven't seen in the others. I think from kind of the stomp up. Like, let's talk about Untucked. So I've actually got some notes from Untucked, which is very. I don't usually, but I've got a couple. Um, she kind of has this kind of stomp backstage moment. I'm pissed, all of this shit. Like, and there is a little part of me like, you're having fun, but also you are annoyed. Do you know what I mean? Like in comparison yeah. to the others. I think she maybe had to be honest she thought she would have been safe regardless of who won that because she's got such a close relationship with the Viv doing like queens who like to watch in the UK when she yeah. was over here doing death drop and oh like she's obviously got such a close relationship with Jinx <clears throat> so I think there's probably a tiny element of her that thought she was safe this week mm. um so maybe that's where the shock came from but you know I thought it was cool and and untapped where Jinx said if I win, I'm not putting anyone, I'm not plunging any 
of my team. And yeah, I'm so I'm not going to do that. So that's what I've put about Antarctica. This idea that Jinx was saying I'm not plunging anyone on my team, and I was like, do you know what? Fair play. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I hadn't even thought of that as a consideration for this challenge. And she has gone away and gone, actually, that is a possibility. And I really appreciated that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was really cool. And I, but then Raja's face <laughs> when she said she was going to do that, like, well, it's going to be someone else in the team. And Raja was like, well, you're going to give, you're going to block someone who doesn't even have a star. You're going to do that, Jinx? Really, really? Um, and I thought that was. It's just so funny. Yeah. The, the the fact is they're all doing it for the, they know the drama, the stakes need to be there. Yeah. But they're all doing it with like their tongue firmly placed in, in cheek, you know? Yeah, 100%. I, I, I feel like they know that there needs to be a, real, a reality TV show essence to the show, but also they're doing it in their own humorous way. And One, I really yeah. appreciate that. Totally. Um, the other so yeah I've got a couple of other notes so I've said like about I really thought it was cool that JBC was like shocked about Naomi Campbell being there I thought that was a really lovely moment we're him to go like oh my god that's so like you've met Naomi Campbell I've not met Naomi like I was like oh that's such a cool like lovely little moment of like uh, also again showing how amazing and how iconic Naomi Campbell is to so many people I thought that I was like that's a really lovely again it's that very genuine authentic representation of him on television yeah yeah and I also just loved how much they all were just trying to fire right into Jeffrey yeah like they were flirting with him no end when when they were saying oh you know when he said I want Evie to you know beat my face um and and Jada said any no well she, Jeffrey said, oh, actually, I want you all to beat my face. And Jada said, well, my process is we strip naked and we <laughs> <laughs> and we go and we go from there. And they were all just like completely on the prowl. And I just found it so funny. Yeah, it was really fun. And um, and the other thing that I've put, and it's kind of my last kind of, kind of talking point, really, and I think it kind of concludes the episode quite well, is this idea of Rue saying, one, how proud she is of her girls, but actually uh, how much the girls still look up to RuPaul and see her as this kind of icon and this kind of role model figure. And actually, they're all very, although they're incredibly appreciative of what the platform that Rue's given them, they're all superstars in their own right, but they still come back home oh, to Mama Rue. If that makes sense. As they should. Yeah. As they should. Um, no, I thought that was really lovely to see those little moments and to see like Evie kind of teed up when when Rue was talking to them and <clears throat> clearly how meaningful that interaction is with all of them. Yeah, 100%. I, I think, yeah, like... It, it is it is this whole kind of we've had this conversation I think in every episode this idea of like who's your role model and who do you look up to and yeah yeah it's quite funny because I'll be honest I don't think growing up I ever had a role model apart from my sisters and my mum I, I, I mm. don't I don't think there was ever a famous person that I ever kind of looked up at and I was like I want I to want be to you be. I, I don't ever like that was never my cup of tea, if that makes sense. It was no. always, oh, like, actually, it's really cool to have two older sisters and an older mum who are all incredibly good at all that they did. And kind of as I got older, seeing them all become mums and still working. And and all, that's always kind of been far more as a role model to me than, than, than that. But actually, because of the relationship that RuPaul has with his girls or, like, her girls in and out of drag you see this kind of mother-daughter relationship really come through, which I really like. Yeah, yeah. And that's so lovely what you said about your mum and sisters. And I, you know, I, I completely agree. Like I had people I was obsessed with growing up who I, you know, wanted to meet and wanted, and then as I got older and wanted to be like a fashion stylist or whatever, there was people that I wanted to work with and there was yeah. people, but there was never really anyone who I had like, oh my god I want to be just like them yeah um but that being said you know as as a little like closeted queer kid there is there's probably I mean to if we went into it there's probably a lot of like 
deep-rooted sort of like insecurity and the people that we like and see on TV. So if I saw someone who was, you know, super camp and super out there and super themselves, there was probably an element of me who looked up to them and thought they were role models. But the, yeah. the bigger part of me at that age probably thought, oh my God, what if I end up like that and no one, you know, if you know, no one likes me or no, yeah. no one accepts me or my family are really embarrassed by me. Um and I we didn't have that we we didn't have that queer representation when we were that age no like the only like it's quite funny and it's so amazing yeah it's so amazing that there's that these kids nowadays can like look up and see all these like and whether it is whether it's someone on drag race or someone like ollie alexandra or if it's yeah there's so many like or tan or like we can we can do a list as long as yeah yeah, yeah. there's so many like amazing people and amazing spokespeople and um authors as well like there just weren't the books around at the time of like growing up of like uh, like there just wasn't that and I think for me the no. <laughs> the only kind of I think my sisters and my mum would be like uh do you not remember your obsession with steps and I'd be like yes I obviously remember my obsession with steps neither here nor there <laughs> neither here nor there um but I think I always had this obsession with H mm. and it was because I was never attracted to H I know that sounds really silly but like mm. Lee is literally what my husband looks like it's like freckled face pale curly dark hair like you would think that that would kind of be the obsession but it was always hate that I was always drawn to and I think it was this kind of idea of like I don't know maybe I was navigating as a kid what I thought my relationship and stuff would look like but actually it was just this kind of gay man that was the person that I was most attracted to because and not in from like a sexual way obviously as kids you're not sexual anyway but it was this kind of the person I always well I want to be their friend is H yeah no and and again and again the you know last season of UK River Medway when they met Steps yeah River Medway said you're such an inspiration to like little you know femme boys like when I was growing up you were such a role model to me and that actually made me really question because I was like you, absolutely obsessed with steps. Still am. We've both been to see them several times as adults <laughs> as well. Oh, and we and 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 I love what H represents now. I love that he would address, you know, during the way you make me feel yep. and all this. But I remember at the time finding finding him or saying I found him annoying. Yeah, and that was self-preservation. Yeah, no, I can see that. Because if I said, "Oh, I love H," what if someone said, "Oh, well, you must be gay then?" Yeah, and like, yeah, that's mm. and that makes me sad. But I don't. I genuinely don't think that kids these days have that as as a premise anymore, or and not anywhere near on the scale. And I'm so happy about that. No. Me too. And I bloody hope not. And I hope that, you know, parents who see, like, see their kids reading, you know, like, if they're reading Jamie Windust or if they're reading Heartstopper or they're wanting to watch Queer Eye because they they love this or they want to watch Glow Up because it's a little boy and they want to watch Glow Up because they love makeup, fucking let them. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it's it's completely going away from the podcast, but I'm going to end on this because it's a proud, yeah. aunt, proud, proud auntie yes. moment. Um, my nephew was in is how old is my nephew? 11, 12. I think he was ten at the time, and he was on a WhatsApp group with his friends from school, as kids are these days. And one of his one of the boys in it's a it's a group of boys on this chat. One of the boys went, um, oh that's so gay, and they went we don't talk like that in this group. You will no longer be a part of it. And they took him out of the group. And I was like, what? And it wasn't just Zach that said it. It was multiple kids from very different households, mm. very different mm. families. I mean, me as their, as their auntie, they're obviously going to be like, who wants makeup? Do you know what I mean? But it was from lots of boys from lots of different households, lots of different classes, lots of different ethnicities yeah, yeah. all went, we don't talk like that. And that's not okay. And they got, and the boy was kicked out of the group. 
And it's like, if we now are, are we have this, this generation alpha who think like that at 10 years old, we are in a much safer place. Mm-hmm. A generation of upstanders versus bystanders. You know, exactly. Like people who are going to make a difference. Come through, Zach. We have no choice <laughs> but to stand. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. What Love. great kids. What a great kid. Um, I'm going to end there. I think like that's a really nice note to end on. Not yeah. drag race. Because we'll end up crying. We'll end up crying if we carry on. <laughs> this is this is with our sofa. Thank God we've not got wine today. Um, I'm going to end it there. Um, last, any last remarks about the episode? What is, I don't know what next week's challenge is. <laughs> nor, nor do I, which is quite exciting. Um, last remarks of the episode, fever dream. Fever dream. <laughs> Send it okay. at the beginning and I'll say it again. Fine. Um, my closing remarks, I just think, are um, people putting foot on the gas, people taking foot off the gas. Mm-hmm. I think that's my closing remark. So there you are, Spillers. That's kind of a, God, we've had a bit of a deep dive this uh, episode. Everyone's going to be like, Jesus Christ, taking shrooms or something before doing this. We've one. went around the houses, but please <laughs> stick with us. Stick with us. Um, and next week we'll be back for episode five. So there we are. Um, but yeah, have a lovely week, Spillers. Enjoy the next episode, whatever the hell the challenge is. Bye-bye. Bye.